Hello, lovely people. Welcome to our show, Life at the River. This is the show where we bring you amazing testimonies from ordinary people just to help you in your walk with Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Dr. Adjo Beidu, and today I'm so excited because in the studio I have Kathy Shimataro, who is the former co-pastor of Windsor Christian Fellowship, an awesome, awesome church that has influenced two sides of the Canada-U.S. border. So this is no ordinary woman. Now, Kathy is a woman of God. She's a wife, she's a mother, she's a grandmother, and she is an author of several books. And she's also the host, or she, she's a former host of a TV show, and in her life now, she is also overseeing the OBFF, and they are going all over uh, um, Canada and even places in the U.S. to encourage churches for us to do what Christ wants us to do. So she's an awesome woman, and today we are going to discuss women in ministry. And I know you're going to be so blessed. So just join me now in welcoming Kathy. Kathy, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Adjua. I'm so glad to be here. It's a blessing. Wonderful. Yes, we've already had a, had a great morning with yes, you. Yes, we have. And I can't wait for tomorrow, and I'm so glad that you're willing to do this. This is awesome. Just to set off, um, Kathy, let's talk a little bit about how you came to know the Lord, just for people to have a background that we can leap off from. So let well, us know about that. I came from a very dysfunctional home. My mother was married and divorced five times, and uh, we moved every year. So I kind of had a wild teenage years, you know, back in the 60s. I'm kind of dating myself here a little bit. <laughs> but um, I ended up coming to the Lord at the age of 18 years old. I got invited to a Bible study by a guy that I liked. And the only reason I went was because I liked the guy. I wasn't interested in a Bible study. But God is sneaky. And I went to the Bible study. I ended up getting saved. It was actually through an organization called Navigators. And once I got saved and gave my heart to the Lord, I never looked back. And I just continued on in my walk with God. got plugged into a local church and just started my journey with God. Oh, that's awesome. And that's such a great story. And it's just like God just to interrupt your life and come in and then, you know, just change you and transform you totally. Thanks for telling us that. Now, Kathy, you are a woman that's been in ministry for a long time. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> that's right. And you, you do awesome work. I've heard you and I know you're so anointed. And so today I just want to know whether, you know, you're also a pastor's wife. Yes. And uh, so I want to know whether are you in ministry because you're a pastor's wife or did you have a calling? I believe I had a calling, though I didn't know what that was when I first, you know, found out about that. Uh, I just wanted to serve God. When I gave my heart to the Lord, I was so zealous for God that I just got totally involved in church. I got involved in teaching in children's church and in youth, and I started a coffee house ministry. I started going to the jail, working in the jail, just serving God because I just wanted to tell the world about Jesus. And I had such a passion and a heart to serve God. And then when I got married, you know, we were just an ordinary couple in the beginning and, and you know, just living life, having our kids. And uh, but then we felt there was a call. And so I didn't really know what that meant, but we just felt like God had something more for us. And actually, I felt more my husband was called, and I was just going to pray for him because I believed it was going to be a traveling ministry at that time. And we had young kids. And so, but one night I, got, uh, I went to a meeting, and I had a prophetic word over my life. And in the prophetic word, it began with, you think you're called to stay at home and pray, but I've called you. And I've called you to be in the front, and you're going to go out through this, throughout this land of Canada, and many people are going to go with you. And so that was kind of something I hadn't really thought about. I didn't know what my gift was at the time. So I just put it on the shelf. And 
and I, but I tried to do different things at the time because my husband was in music ministry, so I thought it was going to be related to music, and I'm not gifted in that area. So that was fun because I was taking singing lessons and guitar lessons, and it wasn't working. Okay, so you were doing your best to flow with what you knew, but it's really interesting what you said about you plugged in right away. And I think that, you know, that's the, the, the servant's heart. The person right. that wants to serve the Lord is the, Lord, is the person that um, the Lord wants to serve him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that sometimes um, people keep thinking that there's this call somewhere they are looking for. And all they really need to do is to plug in mm -hmm. and look for where to begin to serve the Lord. Exactly. Do you think so? Absolutely. Because I believe everybody is called. That's right. You know, we're all called. We all have... Uh, people that we can influence that maybe nobody else can, people that we have connections with or relationships with. And so if we just are faithful, Jesus said if we're faithful in little things, God will promote us into greater things. And so that's what we did. We just served anywhere we could. And we did it. We weren't expecting promotion. We weren't looking for promotion. We just wanted to do whatever we could to help the local church, build the kingdom of God, and be a testimony for Jesus. Awesome. I like that a lot, that if you're faithful in little things, mm -hmm. God is going to make you faithful in much. And your life is a testimony to that, because mm -hmm. now you are ruling over a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome to know. So I'd like to ask you, you know, these days, um, there's so many young women, you know, who have a sense of maybe there's a call out there or something special for them to do. Do you have any advice that you, you would like to tell them, like, what should they do? Once they come to know the Lord and they have this sense, there's something out there for me. Well, whatever they can do, they should do. You know, obviously you don't want to neglect your families. And, you know, I've seen some women do that where they get so involved. I was even guilty of that in the beginning where I was so zealous that I... I actually had to go back to my children later and apologize because when I first, you know, was so involved in the church, we practically lived in the church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to have a bit of balance in your life. I'm, I was just zealous. And I just believe that we have seasons of life. And God knows those seasons. And so if you're married and, and you have young children, they're your ministry. You know, they need to be your priority. Not that you can't do other things, but you can't neglect them for it. And so I've seen women, too, they neglect their husbands, you know, because they want to just be so involved in the church so you need balance you know you need to take care of the responsibilities God has given you and but as you grow and as seasons change in your life God will move you on and you'll you know get more involved in different areas of ministry that's that's a great great um, that's great advice actually and so in the whole context of that though whilst we are waiting and whilst we are doing other things because yes life evolves and we do one mm -hmm. thing and another what's the sort of preparation that a woman should have if she thinks she's going to be in some kind of you know church ministry or pulpit ministry or you know serving the poor or that kind of thing well the number one thing is to just be in the word you know get be, get built up spiritually. You need to be growing. You need to be learning. If you're going to be a leader and if you feel like you're called to leadership, then you need to study leadership. And I used to read all kinds of books on leadership and how to deal with people and how to, how to be a good leader. I got into John Maxwell's books and I, I got into uh, even Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. And I just studied. I studied all the time. I read all the time because we need to educate ourselves. We need to be improving ourselves and growing and learning so that we're prepared and equipped. And obviously, if you can go to Bible college, go to Bible college, whatever you need to do, do it so that you have wisdom, you have education, and you have the ability to serve, you know, 
Uh, with wis just with wisdom with and with wisdom. understanding. Yes, yeah. that's good. And w how would you say prayer f um, factors into all of this? Well, obviously, every believer needs a prayer life. And you need to be praying about your life and about your calling and about what God wants you to do. So you need to set time aside every day for prayer and for God's direction for your life. And he'll, he'll direct you in phases and in stages. You don't always know what you're called to do. I don't even think he would tell you right up front, oh, you're called to do this. Some people, maybe he does. He didn't for me. Mm -hmm. If I had known I was called to be a pastor, I probably wouldn't have done it. You know, he tricked me into it too. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was just serving and then, you know, it happened and, and we didn't look for it. But one day the pastor we were serving under just uh, told us he was called to go somewhere else and he left us the church. And we weren't really thinking we were going to do that. We honestly thought we were going to be do a, doing a different type of ministry. And so that's where that began. But I used to be afraid of public speaking too. I was petrified of it. Oh, Yet wow. I, God showed me I was called to teach. So that was a bit of a dilemma for me. Um, but then God just threw me into a situation where I had to share. And of course, you know, when, you, when you're in the will of God, God's anointing comes on you and then, you know, he uses you. And so that began to build my confidence and my, my ability to do what God was call me, calling me to do. Because so. whatever he's called you for, he's going to anoint you for, yeah. he's going to gift you for yeah. that thing. So if yeah. you step into it, you'll see all the giftings come, yeah. right? And yeah. he's just shoved you into it and the next thing you knew, you were growing in it. Yeah, and, and I found that with everything I've done in my life. Like pa from pastoring to writing my first book, I remember when he called me to write the book on the cross and I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't even know where to begin. And God just brought the right people in my life and he just told me, step out, step out. And as you step out, you know, you, God will bring people around to help you do it. And he did. You know, he brought me and he brought people into my life that were able to show me, you know, what I needed to do to write the book, help me get the book written. And, and it all came to pass. But if I just sat there and said, well, I can't do it. I don't know what to do. Then nothing's going to happen. And then I opened a 20-bed uh, woman's home for women oh, coming yes. out of drug mm -hmm. and alcohol addiction uh, called Windsor Life Center. And when he first called me to do that, it was about 10 years ago. And I thought, God, I don't have a clue how to do this. And he just said, trust me, just take the steps. And so I began taking those steps, but I really felt over my head. And I tried to get out of it numerous times and give it to somebody else to do. But he always... Brought it back on me. Wonderful. You know, I want us to talk a little bit about stepping out. You know, mm -hmm. that's uh, such a key word right there, mm -hmm. stepping out. And um, so what, do you, what does stepping out really mean? Stepping out means, to me, taking the first steps you need to take to get things going. I'll use the woman's home as an example because that was a huge project, and I didn't have a clue what to do. I knew nothing about drug and alcohol addiction or how to help it, but what I did is I went around and I started learning. I went and visited different facilities that were already in operation in North America, some in Florida, some in Tennessee, around Canada, and I went to see, you know, how do these places operate? How do they run? What does it take to, to do it? And, and the more I learned, the more I thought I couldn't do it. But God kept prodding me to keep pushing forward, and then I began speaking about it, and then some people started jumping on board with me. So then I began having meetings and, you know, I, I started a program development meeting. I started a fundraising team and I just started doing things. And because it was a God thing, and that's the key, knowing it is a God thing, that's that he right. wants you to do it. And then people started jumping on board and God started bringing me people that did know what to do in certain things where I didn't. And I just gave them... Uh, you know, let them do what they knew to do and got behind them. That's right. So the stepping out is so key because sometimes as Christians, we talk around things, we talk about things, yeah. you know, we, we pray about things, yeah. and, but it still stays in that 
area where it's being talked about and talked about and 10 years passes, yep. 15 years, and we haven't actually done it. But if you really want God to move in what you're doing, stepping out is key. At some point, you've got to step you gotta out. You've got to do it. And That's sometimes right. you make mistakes. You know, like I know with the woman's home, I stepped out too early in the, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And we bought a home. It ended up being a disaster, and we had to sell it. And then I said, okay, God, I'm not moving until you you know, tell me to move. And my real vision was to build the home on our church property, but we weren't allowed to at that time when we first started because of not having a proper sewer system at the time. So we bought this other house. It ended up a disaster. We sold it. And then I, I was frustrated. So I just said, God, I'm not moving until you tell me. And then somebody, uh, another minister, a large ministry in the States, called me up one day and said I ha they had over half a million dollars to give me for the home. Wow. And I knew, well, uh, that's a good sign that maybe I need to start doing this again and moving forward. And at, at that point, the... Um, the, we have sewers now on our church property, so we were able to build on the property. And so then, uh, then things just really started moving faster, and people jumped on board. And we were able to build a $1.4 million building home yeah. debt-free. Oh, that's God. Mm -hmm. That's God. Mm -hmm. But I like that what you just said about trying and failing, because sometimes when we try and we fail... We and give that's up. For, yes, for women in ministry as well. You want to try something, you fail, you give up. Mm -hmm. But even if you fail... You can still wait on God mm -hmm. and see what God has to do about it or say about it. And that's what happened. And for me, to think that somebody called you up and said, we have this money for this. Now, that, was, that really made you know that it's time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. awesome. That's awesome. And I think it's important to be under authority, too. Because even the times when I uh, wanted to quit or give up, because I had my authority behind me, they encouraged me to keep going and keep moving forward. And I think that's a key, too. I think that's a key, what you just said, being under authority. Because you know what? Right now, I go on YouTube, and there's so many, all kinds of people doing all kinds of ministry on it. And some of the people, you don't even see what are they connected to, mm -hmm. where are they connected. Even sometimes the message that's out there, what's the strength of the word behind it? You know, because a lot of people are just now, because they have a sense, they just move on. Yes. But that, what you just said, being under authority, can you talk a little bit about that for women in ministry to understand that it's not just, you know, you jumping off and doing anything you want, but making sure that the structures, the foundation, the foundations are right, that people are praying for you, that there's an oversight, somebody that you can talk to, mm -hmm. a pastor who will pray for you and stuff like that. Can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that? Well, obviously for women, we have different authorities. You have your husband, then you have your pastor, you know, if you're in a church. In my case, they were one and the same. Yes. But, um, but, you know, you need to be, uh, to know that you have the support of your authority and you're not stepping out and going against them. And I've seen a lot of women, like my husband and I, we tag team on Sunday mornings and that was something my husband initiated many years ago. And so I was doing it more in the beginning because he wanted me to, not so much I wanted to. But then it caught on and it was very successful and, and we continued on with it. And sometimes we go into other churches and the wives the pastor's wife might want to do the same thing, but her husband doesn't want to do it. But she wants to force it, and I say, don't force it. You know, I was under authority. My husband initiated it. And if it's something you're meant to do, your hus God will speak to your husband. He'll show you. You know, and, um, and so, again, I just think, I mean, we can, you can talk to him about it, but ultimately, he's, he's the one that's got to make that decision, right? Well, if and, he's the senior pastor, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. And so I think authority is important because, especially for women, we can, we can easily get misled. Um, we need to have that protection because if you get out there and, and you're not under authority, you're gonna, you can get in a lot of trouble. Yes, and you know, the work, this kind of work is spiritual work. Even though we see it on the outside, it looks secular. Some secular people do similar work. 
you know, like maybe this uh, home for addictions and stuff. But it's still spiritual work. So if you are not under authority and you get attacks, yeah. you know, what's going to happen in your life or even the lives of your children? You know, yeah. the devil is going to come and attack you. So mm -hmm. being under authority is so important for everything to fall into place as, as it ought. Yeah, and don't be in a rush. God, God has lots of time. You have lots of time. God's timing is perfect. Yeah. Wonderful. So yeah. the other thing I, I want to talk about is um, you've been around a lot. You've seen lots of women ministers. What is the, maybe the one or two key issues that you see women ministers have in general? Women ministers? Yes. Women ministries? Yes. Well, I think... I, we just talked about authority. That's key. Yes. You know, they need to be under authority. I think women, there needs to be more women in ministry in the church. I think a lot of the church has suppressed women because, you know, they don't think women should speak or they don't think that they should teach. And, and I think as long as they're under authority, there's no reason why they shouldn't. And they're, they're very gifted. I remember years ago, uh, I read a book, God's Fire on Ice. And, um, and it was about a woman whose name I can't think of right at the moment. But, um, you know, she was in a large denomination, and she was not allowed to be a teacher or a pastor or a leader in that denomination because they didn't believe in it. Yet they would allow her to do that up in the North Pole area, you know. <laughs> so why is it okay there and it's not okay here? Right. You know, but no man would go up, so she went up and they let her pastor and lead and do all the things that she wasn't allowed to do down here. And I remember reading her book and thinking how hypocritical that is, you know, that um, women have a voice. They do need to be under authority. I definitely agree with that. But, but they have a voice. They have a lot to say. They have a lot of wisdom. I believe the body of Christ is being robbed when women aren't allowed to be a part of ministry in the church. I think so too, especially as, you know, when you go to church, you realize that um, most of the 80% of the seats are women anyways, yes, right? Exactly. Like It's like 70%, 80%. So it goes to show that uh, women do have an affinity for the presence of God. And so many of them have been studying the word for so long, and they do have something to say. Mm -hmm. And I think it's nice that it's opening up more and more these days. It yeah. used to be much worse before. Yeah. But um, now it's opening up. But as you said, do it the right way because we do come under attack. Mm -hmm. right? Do it the right way. Be under authority. Make sure you are studying the word if you have opportunity. Mm -hmm. Maybe um, take Bible school. Something to strengthen you. And maybe join a prayer team. Learn how to pray. Pray for yourself and others. And then you prepare yourself. Yeah. You know, so I, I think um, you are quite right there. You are quite right there. Um, I just um, want to ask you about, um, you know, the changes in life. You know, women go through so many changes, you know, First, you're single, then you maybe you get married, and then maybe you have children, and on and on and on. Uh, how does a woman's uh, ministry unfold over the years? You know, because I think we change so much, and then very, and looking at your own life, you can use your own life to show us how life changes for you, and how in every season you are ministering in some way. Yeah, my, in my life, I've always been involved in the local church. You know, that's been probably the central part of our ministry. But then about 12 years ago, my husband took over Open Bible. And so I knew as soon as he took that position, things were going to change. And actually, at that time, a lot of the church shifted more on me to run the church for a season. Uh, not that he was still the head of the church, he was still the senior pastor, but as far as the day-to-day -day operation, I had to take on more of that because he was more involved in OBFF. I told him when he took over OBFF back then, I'm not going to be too involved in OBFF. I'm just going to stick with the church and, and you know, function and, and do what I need to do in the church because I knew I can only handle so much. I have six kids. I have a lot of grandkids. I, I was opening up the woman's home. I was just beginning that at that time. 
and so there was a lot on my plate. And I think you have to know what, what should be on your plate at the time and prioritize according to whatever your legitimate responsibilities are. And, but my children had grown up, they'd all gotten married, moved out of the house, so I was in a different season in my life. And that helps, you know, because you don't have that responsibility at home. Right. And so I was doing a lot of the church operation for a number of years. Then we hired our son, who's highly administrative, and he started taking a lot of that off my plate and that was when I was really getting much more involved in the woman's home and so and then I started getting a little more involved in OBFF but then when it finally came time to transition our church and that was the hardest thing for me because I love the local church I love the local church I believe in it I think it's key in our spiritual growth and God works through the local church so when we transitioned our church over to our son that was I knew it was the right thing and I knew it was God's timing but it was like handing over your baby and yeah, you know tough. giving it away and it was so hard to do but um but now i can support my husband more with open bible and now we're really going much more into a traveling ministry and season working with churches and empowering pastors and leaders across the nation and that's why you are here and that's mm -hmm. exciting for us but um as you were talking i was um, thinking about it about being a mother okay and you have six children mm -hmm. is what you have mm -hmm. and how do you also, and thinking about all of them, but particularly about the girls, okay, mm -hmm. how do you prepare your young women to also be women in ministry? You know, how do you, um, keep, how do you pass on the DNA? I think it just happens. If they watch you, you know, um, my youngest daughter, her and her husband are our worship leaders at the church, and so they're, you know, pastors at the church. And my middle daughter, um, I had shared a bit about her this morning, who she was our rebellious one, but she got back with God and she's doing really, really well. But now she's uh, running a women's ministry in Vancouver with, um, with the uh, Union Gospel Mission down there that deals with the homeless woman and, mm -hmm. and very involved in there, has a very great position and responsibility with that job. And then my uh, oldest daughter, she, up until just a few months ago, she was actually running the OBFF office for us, but she decided she needed to take a year off and stay at home. And she just needed to, she's seeking God. She believes God has another phase for her life. And because of that, she wants to seek God this year. And she believes she's supposed to write a book. And she doesn't know what her next step is, but she just knows something's changing and shifting in her life. So you, you think it's just they watched you and they kind of hang out with you, so you didn't have to do any real, like, encouraging, you got to be in ministry no, no. or anything like that? That's really up to them and God, yes. you know, and we just encourage them. And, we, you know, if they feel called and they feel they're, they're supposed to do something, we encourage them in it. And I think that's important. They need to know that you're behind what they're doing. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's one. And of course, I know that your sons too are also in ministry. Yes. But because we are talking about women in ministry, yes. that's why I limited it to, yeah. to that. Okay. So now we talk about women. And, and so I'm going to ask you actually to um, look in the camera. Mm -hmm. I want you to give a little exhortation and a prayer, okay, that um, women will have that sense in themselves because sometimes I think confidence is the issue yeah. just confidence is the issue of that you know God could call a woman to do step out and do something mm -hmm. but I want you to do that look in the camera and I want you to exhort somebody that is just thinking maybe I'm supposed to do something and then I want you to pray for them and just release so that we can just have a Holy Spirit moment of release Amen. for women. Amen. Well, if you're out there and you feel a call on your life, the only thing I can say is get plugged into your local church. Be submitted to your pastor and your leadership. Take all the courses you can to just grow and learn and develop your life, develop your spiritual life. 
develop your gifts, find out where your gift is and begin to just share that gift and bless those around you with it and really trust God. It really boils down to trusting God and his timing in your life. And so don't ever feel disqualified because you maybe don't feel smart enough or good enough. You know, I didn't feel that way when I began and I still struggle sometimes with my own fears and insecurities. As a woman, we all have them, but just read a lot of books, learn, grow. That's all I can say, you know, get education in an area if you know you're going into a specific area. It's just so important that you trust God with your life. God has a plan for your life and those plans are good. But don't neglect the responsibilities you have in your home with your children and your family and make sure that you're uh, trusting God in every aspect of your life. And that's not easy to do, but it's, it's, it's definitely doable. And I know I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I continued moving forward. Don't give up. Don't quit. Sometimes you feel like everything's going against you, but just keep moving forward. And the calling on your life will be fulfilled when you trust God and just take one step at a time, step out where you can, get the support of people around you and get lots of prayer and be in prayer and be led by the Holy Spirit. And I'd love to pray for you right now. If you're out there and you're wondering, is it you know, am I supposed to do something? Well, God will show you your next step. He'll just show you one step at a time, but take those steps as he reveals them to you. So Heavenly Father, I just pray for the women out there right now. I pray for those that are watching this program that really do feel they want to do more with their life and that there may be a calling on them and maybe they know what it is, maybe they don't know what it is, but I just pray right now that you will just reveal to them by your spirit the gift you have for them. Lord, that you will open up doors that no man can shut and shut the wrong doors so they don't go the wrong direction. And I just pray that you will just lead and guide and direct them and bring the right people in their life to encourage them, to support them, help them in their churches and help them uh, just be in submission to the church, the local church, and, and be where you've called them to be. And Lord, I just pray for them that you'll give them the confidence and the boldness and the direction that they need, that they can move forward in their faith and in their calling and ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now that was a powerful prayer, and I know that's going to help you to be released into your ministry. Just start wherever you are, and God's going to take, help you take the next step. So that was Kathy Shimataro awesome woman of God, doing all kinds of wonderful things. And I know that today we are all so encouraged. So just to remind you, if you really like this, why don't you like, subscribe, and share? Because that's going to help somebody else. And with that, we have come to the end of today's episode of Life at the River. I'm your host, Ajo Beidu. So until next time, God bless you and stay strong. Mm -hmm.